Trotman said, Once is an accident, twice is queer. Not when you're in love, I said. Yes, sirree, twice is pretty damn fucking queer. Two dead people, not one but two. I watched him slowly stroke his flat nose, using a thumb the size of a knockwurst. Large thumbs go with a man 240 pounds and barely six feet tall. We sat in darkness, in the front seat of Trotman's Chevrolet, parked in an apartment house garage just off 15th and F Streets in Washington, D.C. The June night was Washington summer weather at its worst, hot and humid, hard to breathe and thick enough to kick a hole in. A mosquito whined near my ear. In the darkness, I felt it brush the back of my hand, its touch as light as an old man's whisper. I smacked myself quickly, zapping the mosquito. Rubbing my palm against my thigh, I blended the remains of the little bastard into my new tan summer gabardine. Trotman's eyes closed to slits as though in prayer. Trotman praying? Now there's a thought. Trotman on his knees at night, head bowed, thick hands folded, praying to God to please send him a dog to kick. Trotman worked for the CIA. Trotman cared about America, about what was being done to it by some of the people he worked for. That's why we were talking. These people shouldn't have died, he said, his voice hard to hear. No reason for it. I started playing investigative reporter. Did you know them? He nodded yes. I lifted an eyebrow, eyes on the big man. He'd shown me local newspaper clippings of the funerals. One funeral had been in Madison, Wisconsin, involving an ordinary dairy farmer named Rankin, who had died of a heart attack four days ago. Nothing unusual, no police inquiry. No insurance company tearing his life apart to avoid payment. The other clipping, dated six days ago, was from a small town in Iowa. A 62-year-old man named Conway had been killed in an automobile accident involving three cars. But it did seem a little out of place to me that a CIA man like Trotman would have known two ordinary citizens living in the boondocks. What's your connection with him? He sighed, large hands gripping the steering wheel, as though he wanted to yank it loose and hit somebody with it. Trotman's hands were big enough to juggle typewriters as though they were oranges. I used to work with them. He said it so low that I almost didn't hear him. A CIA man working with two men whose lives and deaths should have been ignored by most of the world. When, I said. Long time ago. His hands were still on the wheel, large hands made ugly by his line of work. Twice he'd been unlucky enough to be captured by the other side, and on at least one of those occasions, things had been done to his hands. What they had done to his hands had stayed with him long after the pain had pulled back to some small corner of his mind. Today the hands were stiff, thick at the joints and he would never be able to stretch them entirely open. It was my guess that he couldn't deal a deck of cards. Long time ago.
he said, still looking through the windshield into darkness. Knew them before they were born. Before they were born? Yeah. When I knew them, they had other names. The names on their tombstones ain't what they came into the world with. Trotman's telephone call to me in New York this morning said get down to D.C., that what he had for me couldn't be said over the phone. And he wasn't going to break the habits of a lifetime and start putting anything down on paper. Nobody in the company puts anything on paper. Rule number one, and don't you forget it. Trotman was one of six sources I had in the company. Like the others, he was nobody's revolutionary or leftist. The big man was a Republican, Caucasian in thought, word, and deed, Episcopalian, and as far left as Julie Nixon. For all I knew, he wore red, white, and blue underwear, and his idea of fun was arresting blacks for being niggers on a sunny day. America was being hurt by men with power who hadn't been elected to power. Men with a free hand, lots of public money, and the morals of a child molester. Washington was full of them. Men appointed, hired, and brought in by friends and acquaintances. Putting these people in charge of anything amounted to taking a 747 up 10,000 feet and turning the controls over to Daffy Duck. That was the trouble with the CIA today. The CIA was a bunch of sinister adolescents with tire irons, roaming the world and crushing skulls in the name of the American way of life. And these blood-stained cretins didn't have to account to anyone for their private little body count. This didn't bother Trotman much. It bugged some of my other company sources, but not the big man. After all, he'd gone forth more than once in his forty-eight years with a tire iron of his own. Terminate with extreme prejudice, was the way they put it. Having your brain smeared across your face was extreme. No, what bothered Trotman was the practice of terminating agents when they weren't needed anymore. Agents who'd put their lives on the line for America. When you weren't useful anymore, the company turned its face away and you were terminated, Jack. Killed, betrayed, left to be eaten by large rats in foreign jails. God help your ass when the company looked the other way. That's what Trotman didn't like. And I had the feeling it had something to do with what had happened to his hands and what might be happening right now in dark corners of the world to the hands of other agents. When you've been there, like Trotman, you knew. That's what brought us together tonight.